0: Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today I have on Nikita Morrell. She is a copywriter and marketing strategist for architects. She's on a mission to fight archibabble and help architects win more and better clients by using the right words. Welcome to the show today, Nikita.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lance, for having me.
0: Yeah. Everybody, so obviously you have a, a slight accent. We I'm talking to you across across the world right now. Um before we get into it, why don't you unpeel for us and everybody uh who who are you and how did you how did you get into being a copywriter and marketing um strategist and then where are you located?
1: Sure. So well I'll I'll start off. I'm in Sydney, Australia, so down under. <laughs> And yeah, so I mean, it's been a bit of a windy journey for me, but I started off in brand and marketing management. So I've got a good solid understanding of that, worked for brands like L'Oreal. Um, and then moved, I just, I think I just fell in love with design. So I would go to restaurants instead of focusing on the food. I was looking at the light fittings and that. Um, and so just as a hobby, I took up a interior design diploma. Um, and from there, I thought, you know, how can I, work for architects with the skills I have. So I worked for a, um architecture publishing magazine um, and then from there I thought, again, I want to really know what it's like to work inside an architecture firm. So I uh, worked in-house as a marketing communications manager and set up their whole department. Um, and then the next logical step was saying, well, you know, I could be doing this to so many more firms. Um, and that's when I took the leap to starting my own uh, consultancy practice. And, yeah, as you said, I've been doing copywriting and marketing strategy just for architects. Um, yes.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, I don't – so how many – there are a lot of folks out there doing what you do, doing doing the copywriting and the marketing for architects in the way that you do it? Or are you have you carved out, like, a, a completely unique – niche for yourself?
1: Um, there are a lot of people doing similar things to me, you know, whether it could be business coaching or social media for architects, but I'm yet to meet someone who's solely doing copywriting. Um, yeah.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Tell us about, um, uh, the, uh, you studied, I think you said, 663 different architecture websites. What did that study tell you? What did it teach you about architects?
1: Yeah, I mean the first reason why I started it was I just kept going onto architecture websites and they all looked the same. You know, they're number one, there wasn't missing any words, um, it was just kind of a portfolio or a brochure website. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna just study um web architecture websites and see what they have in common, what's different and, and more importantly what can be fixed. Um, and, you know, looking outside into other industries as well, so kind of looking outside the architecture world. Um, So, yes, I studied 663, probably more, um, architecture websites. And that study, it was just me going through and doing almost an audit, so starting at the home page and finishing right at that forgotten contact page which is very important um, and just yeah like taking notes and um, recording videos and then what I did was is I compiled all my research into um, a bit of a challenge for myself so over 30 days I recorded one video focusing on one six so for example it could have been the bio or um, you know home page taglines um, and then across 30 days yeah made a video each day um, and just kind of drip fed it and they're, they're sitting on my website now so um, yeah, but just short little videos of me kind of critiquing people's websites.
0: What did they? So that seems to be a common theme that I hear all the time is that uh, there's there's not enough words and it's it's they all look the same and it's and what's interesting about that is is a, a lot of architects uh, like to complain that um, we commoditize ourselves or, or that um, not not that we do it but um, that places like uh, HomeAdvisor.com or uh, Yelp, any kind of those services that are lead generating services, they end up commoditizing the architecture, uh, service and industry. But it seems like that's what their websites are doing already is that they all look the same. Therefore, they're kind of this commodity. So how do you recommend when you start working with somebody, what do you, is that the first thing you look at at their website? And then you are the one that's writing all of their content and everything for them. Um, How does that work?
1: So it starts off even one step before. So I always run like a discovery session. So and and in that session it's for like looking at number one is who their ideal client is. And you know, a lot of architectures' firms say, you know, we work for everyone, we're full service, multidisciplinary, we do everything. Um so you know, you've probably heard it before, but it's about I mean, I take the viewpoint that it is it's risky, but it is gonna pay well over your dividends is um really focusing on one niche client. So it's my job, I guess, to go in there and say, who is that one client that you would clone? You know, who is that one client that you would just have over and over again? And then we pick apart that. And then the next step is looking and saying, okay, well, what kind of language and words resonate with that one client? Because if you can match those two things together and, yes, put it on your website, it means that you're going to attract more of those clients. And not only that, you're going to actually connect with them. And not just, you know, this word connect and storytelling, it gets thrown around a lot, but it's like really connecting them with them in a meaningful way um, and looking and asking yourself, have they worked with an architect before? Um, because if the answer is no, then your language is going to have to be a lot different to if they've already worked with architects before. You know, property developers, the language you use with them is going to be very different to the way you would speak to a residential homeowner who's looking to find an architect to you know, do a renovation. So, it's, yeah, it's about finding that right not only the right words um, but the right language. And that is a step that a lot of websites kind of, Miss completely because the focus is on their projects, and you know a lot of architects say their work speaks for themselves, which you know work speaks for itself, which I do not believe in. Um, I think you need words, kind of, and images to work together.
0: Why don't they? Work, why don't they speak for themselves? If I if I said that, if I said, that, prove it
1: to me. <laughs> well, okay, think of it this way. So if I show you a photo, in your head you're going to come at it with different stories that are held in your head. You're gonna be looking at different things. Whereas if I tell you, words can help you direct your focus and direct your attention on one thing. So you could be looking at this photo going, oh, you know, that's a nice artistic sculpture in the foreground. Whereas what I'm trying to tell you with that image is look at that building. Um, and I think words help you give the context and yeah, as I said, help direct your attention to what to what matters. Um, and also studies have shown that um, when people are given lots of images, they can just scroll through. Um, but if you add words and the words tell a story or connect you emotionally, you're far more, um, you know, the increased rate of remembering that project and remembering what you felt is is increased.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah. So if uh, if if words matter for architects, then what do you have? Just a how, how does that work then? Do you, do you, are you looking at a specific project of them, and then are, is there like a questionnaire you're giving them? Or are they – how are you pulling the story out of these architects? Or are you actually even contacting the client sometimes? Because I, I would – the, if the third party came into my firm and then they said, hey, we're going to write all these stories, I, my would be my first question is how are you going to write these stories about these projects? When is it a collaborative process?
1: Yeah, 100%. percent So and exactly right. So it always starts – I actually – prefer starting with interviewing if the client lets me, interviewing past clients. So I normally interview around, like it depends on how many projects they've done, but three to five interviews. And that is done um, either, you know, with an email questionnaire or I prefer to have a phone conversation because I think you can get a little bit more out of that. Um, and then the second step is sitting down with a client. Um, again, I think I've got over... Um, I think it's like 30 questions that I send to the client, um, and then we set up a call and we talk through that. Um, And what I find is that a lot of architects, you know, sometimes they're writing about their projects well after they've been completed. So it's about triggering, you know, why they like chose a specific material, or you know, it's really trying to get those details out. And that's the kind of misalignment I find, the disconnect is that architects have all these ideas in their head, but Sometimes I find it hard to actually put it into words that would resonate with ideal clients.
0: How do you measure the success then or is there some kind of metric? Is it just simple gross sales that you guys are looking at and how you may and, and you know, maybe showing like new clients and proving to them maybe you don't even have to about you know, the effectiveness of what you're doing for them?
1: Yeah, look, that's a really good question and it is very hard in terms of um, to actually get hard data and, and metrics. Um, with me, all the people I work with, I do touch base. Like um, I just, That's just part of my, I guess, my process is I like to touch base, you know, six to 12 months. Again, just after I've written whether it's project descriptions or about page and kind of say, you know, has this had any effect? And a lot of the times, you know, they've said, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is they start to attract new types clients or more focused and they start to attract more of the clients that they want to have so rather than people ringing and picking their brain um and you know going to the next architect is that they find that that kind of attracting and then converting um grows a lot more and, and that makes sense because you know i go through their website and i make sure that they're to action speak directly at their ideal client you know their contact page everything works in a way that it's taking that you know ideal product, uh, client throughout
0: the journey. Are you you then Mm -hmm. taking their existing websites and are you marking them up in in like a piece of software and then handing that over to the web designer or are you doing that piece too?
1: Yeah, so I do website audits, so it's exactly that. So I would do um, a kickoff call and then I'll make a video recording um, and that usually goes for 45 minutes to an hour and it's picking apart, you know, just things that they can, like weak spots in their website, what they can improve um, and then all the way through. but if I find that you know it's almost better if they kind of hit reset, then I have a, a collaborative network in which I can do the whole thing from start to finish. So it just depends on I guess the client and what their mm-hmm. needs are.
0: Uh, tell me about your framework that you've created. It's called uh, I think you said it was Architects and Blueprint for Becoming Unforgettable. <laughs>
1: so I found um, you know I was doing these discovery sessions and I was explaining to a lot of architects you know, why marketing is so and um, I felt that a lot of my words were getting lost. And I know that architects are quite visual creatures. Um, So I decided to make a framework. So pretty much, it just, it it stands for this. It's pretty much saying, if you want to be remembered, and, you know, you forget that the competition is fierce. You're not just competing against other architects right now. You're competing against building designers and draft people and builders and, you know, your friend who thinks that they're an architect. Um, but it's about doing two things. You have to stand out. So that's things like your logo, your brand identity, your branding, um, so that kind of visual piece. And then you've got to stand for something. And by that I mean it's just really having one thing that you want to be known for so, you know, some people call it differentiation or whatever you call it, but it's just that one thing. So it doesn't have to be your typology. It doesn't have to be the type of architecture you do, but it could be um, your process or it could be your customer service or your design philosophy or that you're really into sustainability or technology, whatever it is that you stand for something. And then what happens is when you stand out and stand for something, when they cross over, what you get is this visible expertise. So all of a sudden you're being seen, in, you know, by your ideal client's but you're also being held as the expert and, you know, with all of us. With anything we do, we want to be served by, you know, the expert. And that's when you can start commanding premium fees. Um, You know, you just think about that analogy of you go to the GP or the specialist, um, you, you expect to pay more for, you know, a knee specialist than you would if you just go to your local doctor. So it's about commanding more. And it's also about, you know, that power play. So all of a sudden instead of becoming the order taker, um you become become the expert advisor. So yeah, that's just what that framework is just explaining. There's two things that you have to have um yeah in order to kind of yeah be remembered.
0: Yeah. How are you how are you getting most of your clients? Are you are you just kind of scouring the web looking for crappy architect websites or is it referrals or all of the above? How are people finding you right now?
1: Um right now I mean it goes through phases. Um I in the beginning when i first started my business i was cold pitching i would do like you know free website audits and say look these are some things you could do whereas now i guess i've got that stage where um, i'm doing a lot of kind of thought and opinion pieces on linkedin um often get a few i put up a post this week because i've got a few trollish negative dms thrown at me and i'm starting to get a you know i get backlash and i write controversial kind of posts but um yeah, LinkedIn at the moment is where I'm, I'm finding a lot of people are resonating with my message and getting in touch. So that's working for me now. Can
0: Can you give us an example of one of those where they reacted um, in a bad way?
1: Yeah. So last week, I or two weeks ago, I wrote about um, architects how I was sick and tired of hearing them say that they were undervalued and yeah. you know overwork. And um, yeah, it blew up. I was quite surprised. <laughs> Overnight, you know, in Sydney, as I woke up, my phone had yeah gone off. But um, I guess the, the backlash. I was just saying, look, you know, if you're if you keep not communicating how you work. Um, and your process behind what you're doing. Um, and then you present clients with a drawing. Of course, they're going to turn around and say, hey, can you just redraw this tonight? You know, and so what I was trying to say is that the value what you do is you need to communicate how you do it, because that's the piece that's missing. And even the what you do, um, a lot of people assume, you know, architects assume that everyone knows what architects do. Um, and even me as a non-architect, I don't even in any way... Um, assume that I know exactly what you guys do. So it's just—it's also a learning process for me because I'm not an insider. Um, but I'm bringing my skill set to the architecture industry. So yeah, that was yeah. the post.
0: I don't know why they think that either. And I'm an architect, so and I'm not offended at all by what you're saying because I think I think you're spot on. I, I, I have this actually. Our, our last episode on Friday, uh, I believe we talked about that. Is that I think I don't know where we get this idea that everybody knows what we're doing but because they don't, there's, you know, um, for the most part, you know, a lot of times it's, it's wealthy people that only hire architects. Uh, that's just the way it works, especially for custom houses. Like you have to have a lot of capital in order to be able to build a house, especially in the States with all the regulations. So, yeah, I think a healthy reminder of that. And I would, I would encourage not that you maybe need it, but just in case you were, had any doubts, like, no, you keep saying that stuff. Keep, keep, um, keep, Picking that scab, uh because I think every I think the profession needs it badly, because uh, otherwise they're going to continue um, with a self-devaluation. I think that's where it comes from. I think it's a lot of it has to do with that, and I think a lot of it is also. I mean, the builders have kind of crept into sort of taking over that architect role too. You already kind of mentioned that even you know your, you know, your friend thinks they're an architect or or whatever. um So we're really good at design. But, marketing and, and stuff like that is is, is is a problem for sure. Uh so well very cool. I, I, I would encourage anybody who's listening if they're if they're interested um to you know get in touch with you. How how where where do where can people follow you and how do they how do they get in touch with you if they if they if they're interested in, in you know leveraging you for your services.
1: Sure. So I think the best thing is to hop onto my website and sign up to my um, email address because I send a lot of my good stuff, like free templates and that all through um that address. And I just opened up, um, the architect's word shop as well. So that's selling toolkits to help architects, write, Um, and especially, you know, the smaller guys that don't have big budgets to hire a marketing agency or a copywriter, that's, um, there for you as well. So yeah, they're the two kind of places I'm usually hanging out in (laughs) virtually.
0: Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks so much for getting in touch with me and, and being on the show today, Nikita. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me. Thanks,
0: Lance. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. Tip your barista, and we'll see you next week for more Monday morning coffee with Inside the Firm.